Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that leaves no stone unturned in its determination to cover every angle in the real estate world. Ten years ago, companies were just looking for an office. Now they seem to want an awful lot more. So we found a hot desk next to the mindfulness breakout area and plugged into the Wi-Fi to ask... What's changed? When we now talk to occupiers, they're not asking about how we collect rent or service charge, they're asking about what's our customer experience strategy, what sustainability initiatives do we put into buildings, how do we engage, what tech do we use. And does that mean landlords, agents and property managers now have to work harder or maybe just smarter for their occupiers? It's all about fostering a culture in the physical and social sense, putting an emphasis on community and this human interaction with space, making it relatable and and comfortable. I'm Guy Ruddle and with me are three people who know more about this subject than is healthy. John Redfern is a director in Savile's London Business Space Property Management team. Hello John, how are you? Fine, thank you. And London doesn't really mean just London for you, does it? It means sort of nationwide as well? Yeah, so our clients are Far Eastern, nationwide, uh, European, and vary from asset managers to property companies. So we manage for a whole variety of people, but the the assets that we focus on are central London prime offices. And you're, and you're basically, this is managing that, that property for them rather than buying and selling it. Correct, yeah, so management. And Megan Dixon is also in that team. She's a manager of customer and place strategy. Megan, welcome. How are you? Very well, thank you. I think we'll talk about what customer and place strategy is a little bit later on. I'm not sure I know exactly. And Catherine Tilly's back. No stranger to the to the Real Estate Insights podcast. Catherine, welcome to you again. Thank you very much for having me. Catherine is a director now. You've been promoted. That's correct. Thank just you. the other day. Yes, Congratulations. Thank you so much. A director in the Central London Office Agency team. So you do find properties for your clients and, and find clients for your for your Exactly. Properties. We cover work for both landlords and tenants, yep, across central London. Are occupiers really demanding more than they used to? I mean, not necessarily 10 years ago, but, you know, has it changed? Has has the your job fundamentally changed, do you think, John? Yeah, certainly for property managers, our jobs changed significantly over the last five years and even more so over the last three years um, as occupiers or customers, as, as uh, we refer to them, are expecting more from their property, uh, expecting more experience-led services. So when we now talk to clients, they're not asking about uh, how we collect rent or service charge, they're asking about what's our customer experience strategy, what sustainability initiatives do we put into buildings, how do we engage, what tech do we use. So it's completely changed and, I, and it's fascinating. It makes our job a lot more interesting than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. So it's changed significantly. Catherine, you're nodding away like mad. Yeah, I would. I completely agree from the agency side. Um, we're certainly seeing more occupiers thinking about staff retention, attracting the right talent. And so that sort of feeds in quite nicely to the work that the management guys do in terms of bringing that whole holistic approach to a building. It's something that they're a lot more discerning about these days. And we're seeing that from both the landlord side and the tenant side. And Megan, I, I, I didn't think it would be long before we got to well, uh, an experience. What John was talking about, it's got to be an experience, which I presumably plays into your job title of customer and place strategy. What <laughs> what is an experience? I mean, you know, you go to work, you have good Wi-Fi, you've got a coffee shop, maybe somewhere to sit away from your desk or whatever. That's it, isn't it? 
Well, it can be. Uh, it's it's all about how um, that space works best for, for you and how you want to use it. So it can be as simple as good Wi-Fi, a comfy place to sit and, and what sort of provisions you need. Um, but for a number of places, it's a, sort of a, um, a choice of spaces for different moments in time that um, each of their employees want to um, sort of work on various different things. So to, um, to increase creativity or collaboration, um, whether they're working on their own or with a number of colleagues. And, and Catherine, do the your sorts of clients, we're slightly talking as if they're all the same and all want this same different thing. It may be different from what it was before, but I suspect it's, they all want different things now, right? Or do they all want something similar? I think that there is definitely a flight to quality. So it's not just the same as, you know, um, five, five or so years ago when the supply in the market was quite strong. And so tenants had sort of the pick of the market, whereas now the supply line, certainly of the office developments in central London, is a lot slimmer than it used to be. I mean, 20% of the pipeline for the next four years is already let. So I think there's definitely a pursuit on quality now. And that, again, is not just down to just the type of ceiling you might put into a building or a floor. It's everything else that encompasses it. It's placemaking, right? Exactly. I love this word placemaking. I've used it heaven knows how many times on real estate insights over the last year or so still john not sure what it is oh <laughs> uh, well, it kind of links back to what Catherine was saying in that quality office space is not just about the fit out anymore it's defined by the services but also the people that are interacting with with that space so um it's customer engagement it's that sense of community so let me so can i just pick things up as we go along what what it, customer engagement to me is a, a you know when, when you're selling someone a coffee you smile at them or, or having a relationship like that who's your customer who, which customer are you engaging with well that's one of the things that changed so traditionally our customer would be the fm um, within a, a managed building whereas now our customer that's is a, a, a facilities manager yes, facility right? manager um, who would be our initial point of contact and they'd disseminate the message to the rest of their employees. Now we have access to all users of that space and that's enabled through technology. So we have the ability to interact a lot more with, with, that, with those customers and create experiences for them. It can be as simple as a, a smile and that's one of the things that we may measure. So we may ask you know, what was your greeting that you got from the receptionist today? Were you smiled at and did you get a polite experience? But it's a lot more than that and goes into a lot more depth. So it's about the sense of community and how people like Megan narrate that experience. Um, and it's also just about the activations that are on site as well. So that might be giving away free chocolate, but actually where placemaking comes into it is what's the strategy behind doing that and why are you doing it? When you say, when, when John says how you narrate the experience, uh, Megan, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a touch on that and what John was saying about um, sort of what, what people, what customers are asking for. Um, getting that feedback is, um, is crucial. So actually understanding what it is, what, what the customer wants, what workers want. Um, and that's why we often actually refer to place shaping rather than place making. So making makes it feel like it, it's made and then it's done, whereas place shaping is, is an evolution of something. We're constantly looking at this feedback loop. Um, 
so we'll we'll talk to um, employees, um, occupier representatives, um, the ba- building management team about um, ho- sort of who's there, what their shared interests are, and then we'll start to uh, build up a, a strategy of communications, activities, and enlivenment uh, as per what what they want to see. You have this this thing called Rise, which is a program for for sort of understanding how well a building's being you or how reactive a building is to its tenants and things like that. Yeah, put simply, it's a, it's a way that we define how we manage our um, well whole of property management really, but specifically for central London offices. So it helps quantify how well we're doing that. Um, and it measures things like customer experience, but it also measure things like how well you're managing the building, so the operational excellence piece, and then just tries to tie all of that together so that we can quantify it. But customer experience and engagement is is a massive component of that because if you don't speak to your customers and understand what they want on a building, then how can you deliver the right services? So um, an example is a, a city building where we started to speak to um, the occupiers around what services they want and we were talking around placemaking, activations and actually the overriding feedback was it's a trader's building, all we're interested in is frictionless access into the building and that it's safe and secure and we're not interested in any placemaking around that. So clearly you, you, you tailor your service around that rather than trying to force upon like a, a cookie cutter approach to each sure. each building. Yeah. So I want to talk about landlords in a second, but first, Catherine, your occupiers, your your, your clients, mm. if you like, them becoming more demanding, does that create a problem for them as well? Yeah, well, I think um, a lot of it, it depends on the business. Obviously, that's not the most straightforward answer, but it does depend on the business. Certain businesses will be motivated by brand image, so um, they might want to relocate to a building that sort of things to their brand and, and their business. So whether it's moving to a shiny city building or more tech corporate type location, um, it might be they want to cluster next to other businesses. So we've seen that in White City, uh, with sort of the life sciences um, businesses over that way. Um, so I think the way... Yeah, they're, they're definitely more aware of their staff. It's not just the CEO coming in and he lives in Kensington and wants to work in Mayfair because he can walk through the park to work. It's it's very much more about the employee as well. Is it making your job harder? I mean, you know, matching, if, as demands grow, it must be harder to, to, to match. There is, but we are seeing landlords delivering much better products now. Landlords, obviously, with the input of the likes of John's team, have been able to pick out the really key apart from talking to their occupiers in their other buildings what actually matters because it's very easy to just put everything in a building and be very gimmicky so I think really picking out the key items that people actually want and will actually use and be beneficial are, are making it much easier um, because the product's being delivered that's being delivered is much better yeah and what about the whole flexibility thing because you know if if, if as Catherine says or as John says Megan that you know you've got different different occupiers wanting different things if you're a landlord or a property manager like you guys are then presumably you have to be ready for that absolutely future proofing is everything across every um part of property management so um we'll we'll help the 
the client, the landlord, to uh, look at what spaces they have, how they can be best be used, from design through to sort of sustainability, wellness, um, CSR opportunities, um, as well as the sort of the ease of use and, and access. And do those spaces have to be easier to change than they used to be? Yes, um, but the, there are ways of doing that. There's looking at what infrastructure can be sort of spread a, across different um, sort of areas in, in those shared spaces. So as simple as plug sockets, making sure that they're in, in ev- uh, every corner rather than just um, clustered to, to one space. Um, that, that's, that's easily easily achieved. I love details like that. Yeah. That's the thing. So if you spread your plug sockets around. Mm. If nothing else comes out of this 15, 20 minutes of conversation, spread your plug Absolutely. sockets around. There's, there's no point putting on a sort of a weekly yoga session if someone can't easily sort of plug in and get their work done. The point you make about yoga, I mean, I know it's just an example, but the, the whole wellness thing in buildings is... I sort of sighing. Like, I'm old and traditional, but is it as is it as massive a thing as everybody seems to seems to be saying? It is to to some degree. What people really want to know is that um, the the building, the the owner or the management team have a conscience, um, whether that's a social conscience, so they're thinking, they're listening to um, to what the, their customers want, um, they're thinking about the their green credentials and their impact. So, to to some degree, it, it is it is vital to attract the talent and retain the talent. Uh, whether that's a yoga lesson, that's up to that. That's where these surveys come in. That's up to the customer or it might be um, some sustainability programs yeah they might not just be wellness that we think like yoga or anything like that it can just comes down to the basic fabric of the building we did the what workers want survey and one of the most improved or sort of most desirable points that people came up with in the survey is air quality they wanted the air quality was top of their agenda and their priority list so that again is from the wellness side of things is really, really important. And, you know, we, I'm, we're acting for a tenant at the moment who wants to move out of their building because the air conditioning is just not working for them. And it's that is what's motivating them to move from yeah. that building rather than stay and renew. So it is really important. So just And, inf- and you say we look at things like how can we use technology to inform people about air quality so we have air quality sensors which are linked to occupier engagement platforms which then demonstrate this is the air quality within your building so offering that transparency around it and i think that's what people are are interested going back to what workers want that was about being able to control your microclimate and being able to you know just dim your light slightly or improve the air quality or have a wellness area where you can go. And it's not just about the corporate element, it's also about the personal element. So wellness might be just a, a, a breakout area where you can go and just get a, pe- a bit of peace and quiet or even grow your own. So business parks will have allotments where people can go and just do from some mindfulness. And that all links into the role of the property manager now is to try and pull of all of these different services together. sort of slightly suspect that I've been having this whole conversation thinking about new buildings or refurbished buildings but what about buildings that are aren't new and aren't being refurbished and you're managing how do you do all this in that space when it's just you know it's just kind of a fixed space Uh, 
It depends, obviously, on the space, but an, an example of a building which is um, several years old and, and um, you can find by what we've got is the Leadenhall building where, where it's been designed without um, space for that sort of engagement and play shaping. But you have um, the public realm plaza underneath the escalators as you go in and that space has been utilised for that and then pick up on certain themes. So we will have um, food markets that populate in there. We'll do TED Talks, which are now called LED Talks, linking to Leadenhall Building. And then all of that sort of follows a similar sort of pattern. So around wellness, around uh, experience, um, and then you make the best of what you've got. But in other buildings where you've got a small reception, it goes back to just that level of service. So um, using technology to make access into the building quicker so that you're not queuing when you first go in and that experience. It's all about fostering a culture um, in sort of the physical and, and social sense, um, putting an emphasis on community and this um, human interaction with, with space, um, making it relatable and, and comfortable because if someone's comfortable and happy, then they're more productive, they're more um, interactive and collaborative um, and then that in it in itself helps the place to thrive. I think it's time for the Savile Standout Statistic, which you can't get away with not providing one if you are going to come into the studio and be part of Real Estate Insights. Has everybody prepared one? Were you all warned about it? Well, Catherine, you knew about it anyway because you've been here yes, before, but yeah. everybody got a Savile Standout stat? Yes. little nugget of something, doesn't have to take long, just sort of quickly... Go, make, make people go, ooh, that's inter- interesting, that's surprising. Who wants to go first? Should we go around the table? We'll start with okay. you, Catherine. 40% of the requirements that we are currently tracking are central London-wide. So that is in contrast to five years ago, where of those um, requirements, only 17% were looking across central London. Well, so they, they tended to be more focused on one bit of London? Yes. Now they're saying anywhere in, anywhere in the middle of London? Yes. That's re- oh, Really? That's a mm-hmm. big change, isn't it? Yes. It always works to have a standout stat. John, why don't you go next? Um, so we were looking at actually how trends have changed in in relation to uh, occupational costs and specifically service charge. So what we've seen is the amount per square foot that people are willing to spend in relation to experience has increased. And we're seeing typically that might be between 10 and 15 pence per square foot on a prime London office building, but new developments are coming out that's shooting up to maybe as much as 60 pence per square foot. So people are willing to pay for experience because they know it links back to retaining their talent within their, that they employ. Yeah, Megan, what's your several standouts then? To show the power of uh, play-shaping activities, in 2019, over 4.5 million customers were engaged with through events and communications across just eight of Savile's managed schemes. 4.5 million? Blimey. There you are, you see. Guys, thank you all very much for being here. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all we've done is whet your appetite for more information and knowledge, you'll find plenty to keep yourself occupied on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. And if you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights and want to become one, you can do so using your usual podcast provider. You won't just get all future episodes, of course. You can go back to past episodes, of which I think there are probably about 50 now, including What Workers Want, which Catherine mentioned earlier and of which she is part. So feel free to do that. Become a subscriber if you want to. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. 
This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.